welcome back to the Let's Be Friends podcast. I'm so excited to launch today's episode. It was actually recorded over the summer, so it's like buried treasure being brought out to the light now for a time like this. This episode is with my dear friend, Misty Mazurka. She is the host of the Smashing Idols podcast. She and I have been together on our journey out of the new age and into the arms of Jesus Christ. And today in this episode, we talk all about it. Misty discusses the moment of her transition and her awakening and realization that the new age was just a trap and that everything she was doing was not on the path to righteousness, on the narrow path to God. And she shares her testimony with us. And we also discuss many things like yoga, eugenics, um, what's going on over the summer with the overturning of Roe versus Wig. Misty's very passionate about this topic. She's done tons of research about Planned Parenthood. We discuss her podcast, Smashing Idols, and why she started it, and the different episodes that she's done about demonic spirits. Um, she uncovers the Eat, Pray, Love book, calling it Initiation into the New Age. We discuss how our body's a temple and how we are made in God's image. I love talking to Misty so much. We talked for about two hours, so I decided to cut this in half. This is part one of my chat with Misty. And if you want to hear part two, sign up and become a member of the Friendship Membership. Members get bonus episodes. Last month it was four. We get a membership hangout chat, which we had last week, and it was amazing. It was so much fun. I didn't want it to end. It's just us all getting together and talking and discussing what we think is going on in this world in an uncensored space. You get access to the Friendship Library, which is just a giant rabbit hole of everything that I'm looking into a place of the internet that cannot be scrubbed because it is on the Let's Be Friends podcast website and nothing can get in there but members. And you also get access to the backstage videos, which I will be offering the video of my chat with Misty. And Misty has been gracious enough to agree to do a Q&A with me for members on Zoom October 18th. So if you enjoy listening to Misty and I talk, sign up, become a member. You'll have access to the second hour of the conversation and you get free invite to join Misty and I on a Zoom session on October 8th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and you have an opportunity to ask Misty questions and just hang out with us. It's going to be really cool. I'm going to be offering more exciting events and opportunities for members in the future. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the podcast. Welcome back to the Let's Be Friends podcast. Back for her fourth appearance is my dear friend and sister, Misty Mazurka. Misty is the host of Smashing Idols podcast. She's a former New Ager. She's exposing belief versus truth, seeing the deception that lurks around every corner. She's saved, not deceived. Misty, welcome back to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me back. This is always so much fun. Yeah, I love having you. I, I had to sneak in sister. And I know. Like, <laughs> like you would. Misty has an episode on her Smashing Idols podcast called Don't Call Me Sister. 
but I like to trigger, but I, I trigger for her, <laughs> even though we're sisters in Christ, right? Yes, indeed. We were sisters in the new age once before we too, were. weren't we? Yeah, we, we were. were. It's what brought us together. It really is. It's pretty amazing <laughs> how we came together at basically when we left, when we were to leave the new age and be saved. And since then, that was a year ago, you've been on the podcast four times. Each time we share a little bit more biblical, more God's truth, more of those hot spots that we're worried about talking. We're going to go like into everything this episode, like I know we are. Yeah. But um, give give the listeners a little mini recap about you, Misty. Okay. So, um, I came out of the new age last September. I was deep in the new age for, I I even lose track now. It's probably about 15 years. Um, I was an energy healer. I made money, um, basically channeling fallen angels. (laughs) Oh, I did it too for a couple of months (laughs) (laughs) and healing people through, um, the deception that the fallen angels would, uh, kind of guide me through. Um, I practiced yoga. I was an avid yoga, um, practitioner. I was a sun worshiper. I was a moon worshiper. I was a crystal grid maker. Um, I mean, I did all the things and it, oddly enough, I think it was actually your birthday is your birthday, September 22nd. Yes. Okay. I was thinking about this today. Your birthday last year was like a pivotal moment. Like two days before your birthday, I was getting ready to go to the crystal shop and buy you like a little, cause you were going to launch your book and I was going to buy you. Oh my God. One of the many dates I was going to launch my book. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to buy you like a little kit to congratulate you and for your Aww. birthday and everything. And for some reason I couldn't bring myself to go to the crystal shop, which was weird. And then on the 22nd, I was actually supposed to have an appointment with a psychic to do, um, like a past life regression, Akashic records reading. Uh-oh. And that morning, <laughs> and that morning I was doing my morning yoga during the sunrise and the Holy spirit just like yanked me down into a prayerful position and said, sister, it's time to stop. <laughs> like it is time for you to quit. The Holy spirit called you sister. No, I don't know. It just said, <laughs> it's just, it. we're know. done. Know. <laughs> you know? know, we're done. And um, I remember that day. Yeah. It was so powerful. It was, you know, I, I dealt with uh, supernatural things my entire life and nothing, nothing like that. And that's how I knew it was the Holy spirit and not any other force. And it just, he basically told me like, it is time to repent. It is time for you to understand the path that you have been on. And it's time for you to leave that path for good. And I, I've never been so shook in my life that I was in that moment. And the next, like, I don't know, 30 days, it was just this unraveling. I was delivered in that morning by the Holy spirit, not by a priest, not by a minister, not by a church, not by a deliverance ministry, nothing. The Holy spirit just came and delivered me from all of those demons. And it, it was the most spectacular experience of my life. Happy birthday to me. Right. (laughs) Way better than a bunch of crystals. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you said you were a crystal grid maker. That made me laugh. (laughs) Uh, All the new age stuff just makes me laugh now. I love it. I know. Um, like Misty. the last, the last day of my dog's life, I built a grid around his little bed for him to wow. try. I'm like, if I could just get like one more day of him in my life. And, and now I kind of look back and 
I mean, I did psychic surgery on him with a crystal a year earlier. Yeah. I've had to, when I had mine melted with that being on October 10th, 2020, like uh, it told me to go lay hands on my dog, Laika, who's old to help heal her. And so all I've can't tell you, I've like 10 times, 20 times. I don't even know how many times prayed to to Jesus and the Holy spirit to loose that demon that I brought into her then, because I now know laying hands we're making these crystal grids is so dangerous. Yeah. Um, also why we don't need to be delivered by these churches and these deliverance ministries. We have the Holy spirit because Jesus died to bring that here so that we could all access it. I did a deliverance without a deliverance church too. But um, anyways, yeah, you have to, if anybody's prayed over their dogs with crystals or calling and fallen angels or spirits, please lay your hands back on them and pray with scripture and pray to God through Jesus Christ that they loose and remove any demonic strongholds in your animals. Since I did that to my dog, she has gotten so much healthier. Oh, wow. she's, gotten, she's gotten better. She's old. She's like 14 years old, but it, you know, it, it, it's real. Like these, these demons are dangerous. And I, I know you have an episode called like demons, dear demons, you don't get me. <laughs> you don't get I'm to like, have me. Yeah. I think, I think I was the uh, motivation. Do you make it that Mexican? <laughs> because I was being so demonically attacked because Misty and I, if anybody doesn't know, we're really good friends. Yes. I, like, like my best friend. So we uh, talk like every day. Talk, yeah. So like she's not just that's why, you know, I love having her on the podcast, but also like we have a personal relationship and like she knows, you know, a lot about what's going on with me and and I know about her and I know about this day when you were delivered, when you were doing, it was about yoga. Like you were listening yeah. to a, a, a cultish podcast, right? I, that was I calling was. out yoga. What it did was, you hear? It was crazy. So they had an ex, um, she called herself like a, a Christian yoga teacher and blasphemy. Right. Christian yoga doesn't go this. That, yeah. The same right. sentence. And, yeah. and she, she acknowledged that. Like she, <laughs> she said that she was reading Deuteronomy 18 and that was like the, the moment for her when it kicked in, like, wait, I am sinning. And she read it on this podcast. And this is when I had that moment. Like she read this, that, you know, there will be none found among you that uh, sacrifices your, your son or your daughter, or that uh, seeks um, a medium or a witch or necromancy. And like this whole list of things that I had been doing in my life. And she read that. And that was that moment. Like, I just, I could just feel like this force taking my wrist and pulling me down out of, out of warrior pose. You're listening to cultish and you were delivered in that instance. Like you really yes. felt the Holy spirit. And so what is it about yoga for anybody that doesn't know what people are like, what's so wrong with doing yoga? Like Misty, what's so wrong with doing yoga? Well, ma- the majority of the yoga poses are poses that, um, invoke and honor and worship Hindu gods. And I used to be very hesitant in saying this because I was uncomfortable with it, but I'm very convicted in it now with, with the research that I've done that the Hindu gods are demons. Yeah. Yeah. They're the fallen angels and they're the spirit of the demons that are left behind. And when you are doing these poses, you're honoring them and you're worshiping them, but you're also opening yourself up for them to possess you or oppress you or, you know, any number of things. And I, it's, I did, um, I did an episode about this and I was very nervous about it. And I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me and said, I have had (laughs) crazy experiences during a yoga class, during meditation where they knew, they knew that they were being possessed. 
And how, yeah. So you're opening these, these gateways and these portals and you're inviting those demons in and you're, you're yoking yourself with them. Yeah, absolutely. No, I I feel really convicted about saying these things too and calling out yoga. At first it felt like a confusing one to me, but God, like, I love it because I I just pray for God to God directly for my answers. Now I don't like, like go online for answers or try to follow somebody else truth or whatever answers. I prayed to God and he started telling me like, Cause I, you know, like you, I'm a seer was, you know, could see the spirit world. And I saw Ganesh on a mushroom trip, like 15 years ago it was the first being that I saw that took form fallen angel. But at the time I didn't even know who Ganesh was. He appears as this like elephant head. And like, I have my eyes open and I see this like being disappear in front of me. And he's like 10 eyeballs, like circling around his head. And then they just start shoot hundreds of eyeballs to shoot out of his head. And I look back now and God's like, Remember when that happened with Ganesh? That was an activation for you in, to see the spirit world. That was like the first time I saw one of these spirits. And God was like, what were you doing at the time in your life, Kara? And I was like, oh, I was practicing Astanga yoga and Kundalini for about a year and a half daily. And it just clicked. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm pretty certain Ganesh was on the wall in that yoga oh, studio, yeah. but I never made the connections or anything. And so I was yoking myself to Ganesh and like Hindi gods. And it's just like, it just makes sense to me. Cause how else did they come into my life? I didn't even know who he was. Like I didn't like call him in or anything like that. It's cause I yoked myself by doing all these poses. Cause you go through yoga. And I always like to say, this is an easy one. The wheel where you've got your back backwards. That's the arc of hysteria. You see Billie I'm, Eilish do this on the stage all the time. I've never been able to do that pose. And I'm grateful. There's a reason I was really good at it. And I had a lot of demons that had to be delivered from me. Wow. <laughs> but um, you do all these poses and then the whole point of yoga is for Shavasana to get mm-hmm. you ready to Shavasana. You spend like an hour yoking demons to you, evoking these demons and these Hindi gods. Fallen angels are going to come like looking good. You guys, that's what they do. These are the fallen ones. They really are. And then you lay down in Shavasana for like 15 minutes at the end, where so you just lay with your mind open. There's your second corpse pose. Exactly. And the Bible says, keep your mind captive of all your thoughts. Keep your mind on God all the time. Mm -hmm. Why? Not because God's mean and wants to like make us think about him all the time. And he's a narcissist. Not at all. He wants to protect us because you're evoking all these demons in during yoga by doing magic poses and you're portaling them in unknowingly in your yoga studio in your suburban town. And then you're laying in corpse pose with your mind open and allowing these spirits to come in and mess with you. Right. All of that. And then on top of that, then you're doing mudras with your hands, you know, right. And then like the six, 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 and then you're Mm -hmm. doing, you're chanting. You don't even know what you're chanting. I mean, I I was doing, um, Kundalini yoga and that's, um, it's really intense. It's very strange. Like if you're used to doing vinyasa and Hatha yoga, and, um, Ashtanga, but then you do Kundalini, like Kundalini is the weirdest. And then you're doing these poses while you're chanting and you really are just like emptying. You can feel yourself emptying your vessel. It's, it's, and I was doing that. Um, in fact, April of 2020, I did a 40 day challenge where I did Kundalini every single day for that 40 days. And 2020. Yes. Wow. While I was doing 30 days strong with um, Shaman Durek, all the shamanic stuff. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was a really intense time of my life. And obviously we're in, you know, shut down and I'm just like, well, I have nothing else to do. I'm just going to, you know, do all this stuff. And then I was also part of, um, it was like a goddess 
you know, circle kind of thing. And they had moved everything to Zoom and they were doing Dr. Joe Dispenza meditations. I did one meditation with them together and I, it was a chakra meditation. We may have talked about this before, but, um, so I'm going through the chakras and you start with the root and then you go to the sacral. And once I hit the sacral, I blacked out, I completely blacked out until we hit the heart chakra. And then I came to like, I'm talking, if you've ever been under anesthesia, that is what it was like for me. Completely blacked out. I didn't fall asleep or anything. It wasn't a deep meditation. It was just vacant, completely vacant. Right. And I came through and I'm like, okay, it's happened to me before during a chakra, um, like a singing bowl class that I went to same thing, same chakras. And it's almost like those were gateways in my body, like portals in my body. Yes. This is Nick Hinton. And I talk about this a couple episodes back about literally how the chakras and align them is like a portal and a gateway for these demons to come in. Yeah. And the whole Kundalini activating your Kundalini serpent energy, a snake coming in and activating and you're through your vertebrae. That's like so scary. No, thank you. But Yeah. yeah, like this whole chakra thing is just, it's, it's so new age and people, they make them all different colors. So they're pretty and glowing, but what are you doing when you're opening these portals in your body? Why, why right. guys, what are you trying to do? What are people trying to do? Bring in these demonic energies because this is end times and they're trying just like certain open their giant portal. They want us to be portals for these demonic energies to come through too. And I mean, think about too, like you're doing this 40 day yoga, um, challenge where you're emptying your vessel. Mm-hmm. You're doing the 30 day strong shamanic, like shamanic, like allowing all these demons in. And then you go and do this like portal opening in this meditation and you blacked out. Like, yeah. And it gets crazier. So then a few, I think it was, I can't remember the timeline now. It may have been like a week later. I had a demonic attack, um, sleep, sleep paralysis and I'm laying in my bed. We sleep. If my husband's home cause he travels for work. Um, if he's home, we sleep with the door open, the bedroom door. And I woke up in the middle of the night, the house is completely black and I could see detail perfectly in the dark home. And I could see this dark being demon come into the doorway and it's standing in the doorway and it's like snarling at me. Oh my God. I have chills. <laughs> and I know I do too. It, And it's going to cross the threshold. It's going to come into my room and I am completely paralyzed. I'm trying to scream and I can't, I can't get anything. (laughs) I I can't get any words out. I can't move. I can't do anything. I am like pinned to the bed. And all of a sudden I, I get a noise out and it just sounds garbled, almost like someone has their hand over my mouth and I'm trying so hard to scream. And my husband shakes me and he goes, are, are you okay? What's wrong? And, and I, I, everything goes back to normal. And he says, you just said, you're going to kill me. And I said, Oh oh my God. I, I know. I don't remember this story. Yeah. And I, I know I have. Wow. I said, no, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the demon. And I, I remember it. I remember saying, I'm going to kill you, but I was saying it to the demon. And I don't think I was saying it to the demon. I think the demon was saying it through me. Yes. 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 Speaking out your mouth. Yes. Yep. I've had that. Oh my gosh. It was terrifying. And I've shared this story on my podcast and I've gotten so many messages from people saying they've experienced the same thing 
from meditation. Wow. But, but notice, okay. So notice about the chakras. What color are the chakras? Rainbow. Right. And they're the reverse rainbow. <gasps> oh, law of reversal. Satanic. Right. Satanic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, I love rainbows and colors. At least I thought I did. And then I'm like, wait, I think I've been programmed to like this stuff and to like love rainbows yeah. and all this colorfuls. And I'm just like, there's so much behind that. And that's not the, I had a thought like a few years, like two years ago, it was like, there's so many more colors than just the Roy G. Biv. Those are just yeah. the ones that they've given names to. There's shades of everything like yeah. out there. Um, when you were talking about that demon snarling and stuff, it reminded me of a hellhound. Yeah. <laughs> I told did I tell you I've seen a hellhound. You were just telling me we had a little conversation the yes. other day about <laughs> it's our about memos. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I think about if some random person were to hear one of our memos, was, how crazy it would probably be. I was thinking that well, okay, my husband. Do you remember I recorded you a message oh, yeah. and yeah, I accidentally and said it here. to my husband? And he comes walking uh-huh. in the house and he's like, I'm not sure who that message was for, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't for me. <laughs> and it was one of our crazier messages. <laughs> That's so funny. It was hilarious. Um, yeah. So I like was doing grid work in Ingram, Texas in 2020 when I was trapped in the new age. And grid work for anybody doesn't know is people in the new age think that they can go to places where there are ley lines and clear the energy just by being there and using crystals and meditating and praying or whatever. And that night after doing the grid work, um, my friend that I had gone with and I had rented a place to stay because it's a little outside of Austin. And I'm like, well, let's do mushrooms while we're out there. Cause obviously like I had to do psychedelics after a long day of grid work. Right. And then, uh, <laughs> so I'm tripping on mushrooms. We're in the middle of nowhere, Texas. And there's so many stars in the sky and Misty, I like all these beings were coming down from the sky and coming into the house and visit. I could see them, you know, and the coming in and bringing information and all that. And I stood out, stepped outside and I remember looking up at the stars and every single one of them wanted to come down and see me. It was so overwhelming. And I didn't know those were the fallen angels at the yeah. time. Like I didn't know that at all. I just remember being so overwhelmed and I looked across the yard. And of course we had done a circle of black salt around our, our rental and, you know, saged it so that we, cause we were, we were, I was doing witchy stuff is yeah. horrible. I rebuke it. I've had to repent from all, all fully. I do not participate, but I'm standing on the edge of this like safety line that we made looking at the stars overwhelmed. And then I look across the way about a football field away. There's a big like um, field. There's a fence. And on the other side of the fence, I found it the next day is like a cemetery type. Thing. Oh, all of a sudden, this do- black dog thing with red eyes snarling comes jumping over the fence, <gasps> running across the field fat, so fast. I had to run into the house like and I go to my friend. I go, there's a hellhound after me out there. I didn't know what a hellhound was. I didn't even know it existed. And then you messaged me the other day about seeing something about the tomb of Pluto or some the thing in and and there were hellhounds. What what that tell me? Yeah, it was a it's a temple in Turkey. It's in this place called Heropolis. And it was originally founded by the Greeks. And then it was during the Roman Empire. Then they took over and they built all these temples for the Roman and the Greek gods. And so there is um, a temple for Apollo there. And then there's, right. So then there's a temple for Pluto also. And the temple for Pluto goes down. We got Lucifer and Hades together. Exactly. So, okay. So it goes down into this grotto and the grotto goes to this, um, uh, it's like 
natural springs and they're very gaseous sulfur demonic smells it it's they say okay it it is a deadly grotto there are gases that are coming up out of it and um like the ancients said that it was the breath of the hellhound that was coming up through the water and it killed animals instantly and it's i forget what kind of gas it is it's some kind of gas um uh, hellhound maybe breath. hellhound yeah, breath. whatever that is that, yeah <laughs> it's like carbon i want to say carbon monoxide but that might not be right oh, yeah right That's but it's odorless in, i think isn't it anyway uh, i don't know but it doesn't matter <laughs> whatever it is it's like uh it's a fatal fatal amount that's yeah. coming up out of this grotto, but it was a really fascinating story. I'd never heard of Aeropolis before. And what really stood out to me is that like people would travel there for healing because they had all these natural springs and the minerals there are so rich. And I'm sure people have seen this before. If you've ever seen any kind of travel um, documentaries about Turkey, you've probably seen these cliffs that are covered in white. It almost looks like, Oh yeah. 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 Like it's, um, almost like they're snow basins with yeah. this beautiful, clear blue water in it. Well, that is, that's where this is. And so people would go and they would soak in these springs and they would think that they're healing themselves. And it, it's actually known as, um, Oh my gosh, a necropolis. So necro necropolis is a town, the city of the dead. And it has one of the largest ancient cemeteries because so many people would travel there to heal, but then they wouldn't heal. They die just die. And they were oh rich, gosh. wealthy people. Yeah. It's, it's really fascinating. So wow. I, I highly recommend like if anyone is curious about that. It's called Heropolis and it's, um, Oh, it was on the discovery channel. I'll, I'll yeah. have to think about yeah. what that. Yeah. Google. It's like mysteries Google. of the abandoned yeah. or something, but it's yeah. fascinating. Breath story. of the hellhound. Breath of the hellhound. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's crazy. No coincidences. That, that's just wild. Like there's a micro and a macro to everything. Like I definitely think that there's um, a hellhound. There really are hellhounds. Oh, yeah. And then there's this like the breath of it coming out of actual Hades. Like there's probably one main <sighs> hellhound down there. And they um, did call it the gate to Hades was what this area was called. The gates to hell. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Pluto. Yep. I, I, and I totally don't think the planets are planets at all. And these, these are stars. These are, and they're, and actually the word planet isn't even in the Bible. I can't right. remember. It's wandering. Like the word is the word plane or planetary or something. Planetary means wandering, right? Like wandering I, star. Yeah. Or something about, I, we were something learning like in that. Bible study. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then they're all named after the Greek gods. It, you got, you got like Pluto and Mars and Venus. What? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, to me, that is proof that they are the fallen yeah. angels. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, no, totally. And then people are worshiping them in astrology mm -hmm. and right. we're told not to worship the stars. Don't idolize the stars. God's like really tough on astrologers in the Bible too. He's like, he really <laughs> like have your astrologers come save you right now. And he's like going to burn everybody up. He's like, I love that. God has a good sense of humor. You know, it's really interesting. So my, my screen, uh, my background right now on my laptop, it's actually my husband's laptop. That's why his name's showing up on the zoom, <laughs> but it shows like this really starry night in the middle of the desert. And it shows the Milky way. And the Milky way to me is really fascinating because I feel like it's a tear in the, a, del a delage, right? Delage. Yeah. So yes, I don't know I love that you're saying this. Me too. I wonder, so I go back and forth because I'm not entirely sure if it's, um, if it's the, where the deluge came through, right. For the flood. 
Or is this the terror of the heavens that allowed the angels to come through? Okay. And maybe God leaves it there as a reminder to us of what happened. Right. No, totally. Because think about also in Stranger Things, which is hot right now. Um, and it, they open portals to the uh, the underground or the upside down. And it always looks like a tear. Like, you know, that. did you see that like last season, like 11 L cult of L 11? No coincidences. Saturn worshipers. She's like up, like battling this big tear in the underground. And it looks like the Milky Way, the shape really? of it, the shape of all these portals and stranger things end up making the shape. It looks like the the Milky Way. And when you think about Milky Way, milk and Satanists are like obsessed with milk. Yeah. And like they use it in their um and their worship and their, and like that the fallen angels had to have a way to come through. Right. And I just it just makes so much sense to me. I've been really thinking a lot about the Milky Way lately as well. It's not what we think it is, no. but I, I I have a lot of yeah, I'm very curious because I also think that I think that they came through portals and I think that perhaps we know that the earth looked much different before the flood mm-hmm. than after the flood. And so, you know, obviously there was a lot of evil going on during the days of Noah yeah. and um, there was a lot of evil that God wanted to wipe off of the face of the, the earth. But yeah. also what if there were portals and somehow with the flooding, he was able to close up the portals Oh, maybe some of them also. Someone told me that they thought that like after the flood that the Antarctic ice wall was like the freezing of some of the waters receding. What if that helped oh. close up some of these portals with ice? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I don't know. Throwing that I don't out know. there. I'm, I need to go back and read Enoch again because Enoch does talk about um, portals. Does I haven't re- yeah. I still haven't read Enoch one, but I I do love information from Enoch one about how the two hundred fallen angels came down and they taught us how to cut herbs. This is how we discovered mushrooms and the blending for ayahuasca. None but you know, come on, you guys, think about it. Someone didn't just go taste all of the different mushrooms and like to see which one made them hallucinate. The fallen ones told them and like to get the spe- special bark combination in the Amazon to make ayahuasca. Uh, the fallen angels told them it, Misty and I know. I mean, I really know because I had conversations with the fallen angels for decades, like literally just conversations with them. Like they're right by me. I was like, oh, hey, Buddha, what's up? Come sit there. You're here to hang out again. Hey, Ganesh. And I was absolutely fearless. And that's why now God wants me to just like share all my stories. I actually wrote a chapter about the dangers of psychedelics and like the dark stuff that can come through and everything like and the sp- being open to the spirit world and not having the armor of God, not having a biblical foundation. It's insane to me that I didn't even even know the fallen angels were a thing when I was literally like talking to them. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that either. And it was interesting how I was led to reading Enoch and like everything happened so quick for me. Yeah. I did. You, you're, you're, you were reborn a lot faster than me. I fought it. It, it was insane. And like God just d- gave me everything on a platter and just like shoved it down my throat all at one time. I'm like, yeah. I haven't even had time to digest yeah. the first yeah. bit. But yeah, it was, it was like fall 2021 for you, right? Yeah, it yeah. was crazy. It was so crazy. And I ended up being led to reading Enoch while I was reading Genesis. And it I just remember I was like soaking in the bathtub, just trying to relax because like the anxiety, I was deconstructing everything. I, I mean, not just yeah. the new age beliefs, but I was raised Mormon. So I was deconstructing those belief systems, even though I haven't practiced that religion in 30 years. This is why we don't call Misty's sister. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) 
because of what she was triggered. her scarring of the sisterhood <laughs> and the Mormon religion, right. the Mormon cult. Right. Yeah. So I'm deconstruct, and then also I'm deconstructing from political ideas, like everything, everything is just falling apart. Like the fabric of everything I believed in was just unraveling. And I was soaking in the bathtub, just like try I had a panic attack and I'm, I'm soaking in the bathtub. And then I'm also reading Enoch while I'm in the bathtub. And it was just so crazy because I just got this clear picture while I'm reading it of Zeus, you know, the Greek gods, the Roman gods, the Hindu gods, the Egyptian gods, it all just came flooding. I'm like, oh my gosh, those are the 200 fallen angels. And it, it, it was, I can't even explain it. Like I can't, but I needed to know that. And God knew that that was the moment that I needed because I needed to let it all go, which I, I had, but there's still those strongholds, you know, of, okay, well, this is, stuff that I've just always believed and it would be easy to fall back, but yeah. God's just like, there's no way there's no, no. there's no going back. There's no, just no, way. no, no, there's no going back. <laughs> once he takes the scales off your eyes, you don't go back. No. I really, yeah, no, once you've been saved and once you God's shown you and first, and he doesn't just show anybody like, he, you know what I mean? Like he shows you when you're ready and you can take it and handle it. And I really feel like a lot of us are being like kind of woken up right now and being delivered from the new age or a cult or something because God wants to use us and he knows he can use us right now because this is end times. And we share our stories, you know, like I bet somebody's listening to our conversation right now and they're like, oh my gosh, like the fallen angels are the Greek gods and the uh, Hindi gods and Zeus and all that. Yeah. Yeah. You guys. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's how, that's how we're a lot further along in end times than anyone realizes. I feel like because everything's been so normalized and like what we think is normal is actually the inversion. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just reading today and Isaiah, I guess it was this week. Um, oh, this is so crazy. I love Isaiah. And this is Isaiah 520. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. I feel like there's, that's where we're living right now. Just that inversion of telling us like their, their agenda is so dark and so evil. And they're selling it to us in this package that we're going to benefit from it. And people yeah. are falling for it. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> what, when the antichrist comes, it's like, you imagine this is like, you think about project blue beam, which is this four step, like a uh, CIA operation, not CIA new world order, fallen angel agenda, Satan's agenda, where, and one of those steps is like these alien invasion comes in and um, who comes and save us, us from that the antichrist probably coming in and be like, no, everybody accept these people. We're going to coexist with these aliens. And then the, uh, you know, we're going to, um, I'll come together and be one. And, uh, that's going to like, literally like, I I think like when the antichrist first comes, because the antichrist actual public person, antichrist, not antichrist energy is going to be here for like seven years. Right. Mm -hmm. But the first three and a half, we're going to love them. They're going to seem really great. And then all of a sudden they're going to f- switch on us and we're going to realize that what they've been calling um, light is actually darkness. What they've been calling good is actually evil. What they've right. been saying tastes sweet, tastes bitter. But it, to me at all, this like normalizing of evil and trying to hide Satan and, and everything they're doing and, and bringing in the new age and which is Satanism rebranded is all to help usher in that antichrist and for us to accept that antichrist when they come in the picture. 
Right. And so many really popular teachers in the new age are selling that idea of we need to welcome the aliens, you know, yeah, yeah. and so many of us are star seeds and they're actually our brethren and they're our family. And yeah. Oh and my gosh. Yes. I know what you're talking about. Elizabeth April. We used to listen to her. I just so embarrassing. Like, well, Shaman Dirk too. Shaman Dirk. Yeah. Right. And probably Teal Swan. And I'm just, we're just all these new age people and they're literally telling us that we're star seeds. Think about that. Stars. The God says, don't worship the stars. He casts the angels out to the stars. We're not born from stardust. We are not star seeds. I'm not a star seed of the fallen angel. I'm not a piece of the fallen angel. And these aliens are demons. They're not my friends. And when I thought that they were my friends, it got me into a lot of trouble because after I talked to these fallen angels and did my psychedelics and saw the spirit world and channeled it. I didn't even know it. I was, I didn't even know what was going on. I had to be completely delivered from all this. And Mm -hmm. the hardest attacks on my life came last winter when I finally was like, okay, I'm becoming a Christian. I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ. Like I'm fully like committing to this and like humbling myself in front of God. Bam. Satan comes at you hard and all those Mm -hmm. strongholds that were placed inside of you during the times that you weren't moving God's kingdom forward and he was leaving you alone. Well, wait until you start walking with Christ. That's when you really, really know that you need the Holy spirit. You need to be delivered. Well, and it seems like those times and those attacks, you know, they're really hard. I went through that. So, I mean, family members that normally I'm really close to were just absolutely beating me down any way they could and friends too. And people try even like past clients of mine trying so desperately, like I can't survive without you, you know, doing your healing techniques on me kind of thing. Like they're trying so hard to bring you back. And the attacks I was getting, like I was really broken by some of those attacks. But what I have to keep reminding myself is if I can't survive this, how am I going to survive the tribulation? Because this is nothing compared to what we could go through. Yeah, absolutely. And I I remind me like every time I have a difficult day, I have to remind myself of that. Like this is preparing you for what's really going to be hard and you need to just suck it up. So do you think we're going to, we're going to be here for that tribulation? Oh, I know it. There's nothing that tells us there's nothing same way. I feel the same way. I I don't know. know. I don't know where people, I'm not saying there's not a rapture and I, I, I've worded it wrong before. And what oh, yeah, I upset some of your listeners, I really did. Cause I, I think I said, <laughs> Oh, it was in my, um, the great apostasy. I love that episode. Thank you. I, I got a lot of feedback from it. I really upset a lot of people because I went hard against so many belief systems, but think about it. Like if there is no proof text to me, like when I'm reading it and I'll read it in all different translations, there is no proof text to me that says that saints are raptured before. No, it says we go through the tribulation yeah, and then we are taking it up. And I think what I said in my podcast is that I think I said there isn't a, a rapture and that's not what I meant. What I meant, there's no pre-trib or mid-trib. Yeah. It's it's yeah. not it's not that obvious in Revelation. And I actually was talking about that with Trish, Happy Holy Healthy Life in the last episode. Like mm-hmm. there's like four different ways you can kind of like look at re- Revelation and like the rapture, the pre-rapture and all that. And it's not my area of expertise at all. But um, anybody who claims that they know exactly how this is going to be or when this is going to happen, like it's, it's or when Jesus is coming back, like it's that's we don't really know. 
No. And then the danger in believing that is that when the rap, when the tribulation does happen and you're not raptured, it'll break your faith. And that was my point of recording that particular episode is because I want people to wake up to you're being sold false doctrine that makes you think that you're living your life in a faithful way. And that this is your ticket to not have to go through the the tribulation. And then when the tribulation starts and you're still here, you're going to give middle fingers to God saying, I did everything. Exactly. And you're going to turn your back. Yeah. And that would make sense why these mega churches and these prosperity churches that want to, would love to say, oh, you're just fine. You've given yourself to Jesus Christ. Well, you're going to be raptured when, when everything hits the fan. Don't worry. You're going to be all right. And then you're going to like, you you like turn your middle finger on God or whatever, or like it doesn't happen. And then you do die. And what if Jesus doesn't even know you? And he looks at you and he's like, I don't know you. Like you, that's the most terrifying. Yeah. Like these Christians that just think, Oh, I've been saved by Jesus. It's when they go off sinning and they never change their life and they never get delivered. Um, you don't, you're not reborn. It's not easy walking with Christ. You don't just like say, Oh, I'm saved by Jesus. I'm good now. No, you have to, you, you really have to like be committed be in the word all the time, be learning, be open to changing. I mean, I pray to I try to pray to God every day. Like, God, show me how I'm sinning. Mm-hmm. Show me how I could be more obedient to you. And it's not like a nice little list. Usually it's like, okay, now you got to give up this. Now you got to give up this or like you're straying over here. And I'm like, oh my God, like, it's going to be like this forever. Isn't it God? And he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it'll, it'll get easier. Yeah. You know, easier. when it's easier to not swear now. Yeah, exactly. And when I do swear, like I do say, I I do say things sometimes and I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I know I sometimes, said sometimes that. we'll be like memoing each other and I'll swear. I'm like, oh, sorry. I had to say it there. <laughs> it needed to be said there. <laughs> I know. And it's, I don't know, it'll get easier, but I mean, I think one of the things like it says in James is like, uh, oh gosh, I'm going to get it wrong. Um, about good works, you know, like, like faith without works is dead. Oh yeah, exactly. Right. 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 So, and people say it all the time, like faith and a lot of churches say that to get you to tithe and get you to volunteer and do all this kind of stuff, because they're saying that your works is what saves you. And that's not true. What my understanding of that, like I prayed on that for so long and the Holy Spirit's like, okay, no, let me tell you what that really means. What it means is when you are faithful, you behave in a different way. And that's your work. Like exactly. you, you outwardly show we are made in God's image. And so many people are not acting like they're made in God's image. Yep. And You're I just right. want to shake them and just be like, yeah. No, you know, totally. <laughs> Faith without works means the same thing to me too. And nothing to do with tithing or volunteering or all that. It's working on yourself every day and figuring out how you can get closer to God and becoming more like walking like Christ does and, and doing that walk and doing the hard work. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, and I have moments uh, at least once a week, I'm, I'll be out in public and I'll come across someone that I know needs help. And it will be something stupid. Like, Uh, there was a lady that was in a wheelchair at the grocery store and she was trying to reach to get like a pack of toilet paper, but she couldn't reach it without getting up out of her wheelchair. And so I just went over and said, can I get that for you? I could put it in your cart for you. And she was so grateful. And I was brought to tears because those were the moments I feel closest to God. Yeah. Those are the moments I feel closest to Jesus. And it, it like, I can't even describe the beauty but that's the tears that come to it rise. Is. It's like, it's, it's the a, most beautiful act. 
it's the simplest things too and then and, and yeah. like also like be kind to all strangers because angels come in the form you know like we don't you you know that woman could have that could have been like an, a cut a godly connection right there and it was because it touched your heart and you're totally no you're totally right i love that i love it's not a stupid story it's a fantastic <laughs> story <laughs> yeah so okay let's talk about something that really moves you <laughs> not, not this move not that god doesn't move you on all that but you did a two-part on your podcast smashing idols which is fantastic and honestly it's the only podcast i listen to sorry everybody <laughs> like i just literally only listen to misty's podcast um it's uh, first of all you did part one a supreme mess reproductive rights then you did a part two called lost in the chaos and this is all about the Roe versus Wade overturning and the truth behind Planned Parenthood and Margaret Sanger. And just mm-hmm. like how I love how you talk about basically like how a woman can really like have her reproductive rights in her hands by knowing her own cycle, yeah. understanding birth control and just like educating herself. And so let's let's dive into that a little bit. OK, so you and I have talked last fall. We did a podcast about. Um, yes. About the truth about birth control. And I've learned so much even since then. You know, it's a level one carcinogen. So it's just as poisonous to you as formaldehyde or tobacco. And yet your doctor freely writes you a prescription for this. And the the thing is, is that women, like your average woman during her reproductive window, like between the age of whatever it is, 14 to 44, I think is what the CDC says. CDC pill factory. (laughs) And so um, when you're fertile, okay, let's say your, your cycle is 30 days long. You are only fertile for three to five days, but you're going to take a birth control pill every single day. Like that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And and your fertility, it's not just your reproductive organs, your brain is a huge part of your reproductive system. And a lot of people don't think about that. So your brain, there's this like feedback loop between your brain and your ovaries. Now, when you take a birth control pill or any type, um, well, we're just going to focus on the pill. It disrupts that signal. So essentially it cuts your brain off from your ovaries. Why would you want to mess with your brain chemicals? Why? You don't know. You and don't want you to. Don't. And, and, <laughs> I know. Yeah. And I can guarantee anyone who's ever like, I went on birth control when I was 24 and I distinctly remember the mood, the mood change. Like I was a very happy, very positive, outgoing, energetic person. And within the first month of going on birth control, I completely changed. And it was, I had psychotic episodes it was like Jekyll and Hyde. You never knew what you were going to get with me. I was on a tricyclic pill where, um, so most pills now it's the same level of hormones for the whole 21 days of the active pill. Well, this one, it was three different cycles where you would rev up your hormones and then rev down. And, um, there are actual women who have committed suicide on that particular birth control. It really, it makes you insane seriously insane. But 
And they okay, try to so- tell you that like taking birth control makes you more level and like, well, it balance yeah. your hormones. It's such a lie. No, in fact, it makes you attract the wrong partner. Oh, I know you brought that up and we talked <laughs> right. last night. It's, wow. Yeah, it messes with. So we all put off a pheromone and we know like our, our, um, the function that, um, connects our nose to our brain it knows if this person is a good match for us or not. And when you're taking the birth control, it turns off that function. And I had this happen to me. I went off of birth control while I was in a relationship and I was so repulsed by his natural smell, like so repulsed. I couldn't, we lived together and I'm like, I can't even wash your clothes enough to get the (laughs) the smell out of it. Yeah, Yeah, it was, it was, it was so terrible. It was such a turnoff, but our bodies are made like God made us perfectly. perfectly. Yeah. Perfectly. There's no mistake. Yeah. I know we don't and need Rockefeller medicine at all. No, we don't. And this agenda to just undo the natural beauty of our bodies and the functions, it, it really like, there's so many things that disconnect us from God already just in our society, but then you start adding in all of these chemicals and, you know, medications and stuff. And it just, uh, I mean, no, absolutely. And the episode that I just dropped before this one with Jenny Meyer, um, I start crying in it. (laughs) Big shocker. I start crying. I actually cry a lot less lately, but like it was like last year when I was being reborn and so I was crying a lot about Jesus and I loved it and I needed to because I never believed he was real before. It's such blasphemy. But um, I was crying about birth control because as you and I are always talking about it, you're opening my mind to so many things. And I was on birth control for two decades from 19 to 39 or to 1938 basically nonstop. And I had massive depression, suicide ideation, anger problems, mood influxes, all sorts of things. Never thought it could have been from the birth control. But then you said in that one episode, like, Kara, did your depression start before or after you got on birth control? I was like, oh my God, about the same time there. Oh my gosh, what's the connection? But then when I got off the birth control, because you know everybody knows I was misdiagnosed bipolar for a decade, took 30,000 pills I never needed, was got really sick from that medicine. And as I got off those pills, that's what sparked my awakening in 2020 mm-hmm. to like this world being not what I thought and just kind of coming out of a comatose state. The final medicine to get off was the birth control. And I said to you, because it was like spring 2021, when I was still... I was still had a foot in the new age, still was on wanting my psychic abilities to be as powerful as possible. I was like, Misty, I wonder how much my psychic abilities are going to enhance when I get off birth control. And what happened? I came to God. And which is so I, I want to talk about how I think birth control is keeping us from God. But before that, I want to tell you why I was crying in the last episode because I haven't dropped it yet. So I'm kind of talking about something that hasn't come out. But um, I thought about the whole abortion thing and birth control and how being on it constantly and being sexually active every time that I had an egg that was released that could have been um, impregnated, but I was on birth control. And so it either didn't have a wall to cling on to or whatever was keeping the birth control from allowing that to happen. I really feel like I wasn't allowing these babies to be born, but I was having sex and I was sinning and I started really, really, really crying about all the babies that I never had, but I was having sex and like, you get what I'm saying? Like it really hit me. Yeah. So what I think, um, there's a a severe undereducation for women about birth control and even about our endocrine system and how our reproductive system works. And it's, it's, 
infuriating to me. Like I didn't learn this stuff until I was 40 years old and I was already battling with infertility for being on birth control for 17 years. It was so infuriating. And, um, so what there's different types of birth control pills. Now, some of them completely stop you from ovulating at all. So when you don't ovulate, you don't release an egg. Some of them create an acidic environment. So the sperm just dies and it can't swim up to the tube to meet the egg. Some of them, the sperm can swim, can um, fertilize the egg. So that's conception. That is where life begins is when the sperm and the egg meet and there's fertilization. Now that's conception. Conception does not always result in pregnancy. So the next step is that that embryo has to develop to a certain stage and travel out of the fallopian tube into the uterus. And then it has to attach to the uterine wall. So the other birth control prevents that from happening. It prevents you from building up the uterine wall for there to be implantation. So you could conceive and not know it and never have it result in a pregnancy. And, and, and it is heartbreaking when you stop and you think about that, because again, there are so many mechanics that go into a woman ovulating. There's so many mechanics that go into a man, um, creating healthy sperm. There's so many mechanics that go into the two coming together. And it, 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 like, it's just, it, it blows my mind every time I think about it. And if you educate yourself on how pregnancy happens, you have to believe there was a creator because that stuff couldn't happen on accident. There is no way. And there's no one that can convince me otherwise. Yeah. (laughs) I love you. I love how you just said that. It's such (laughs) conviction. I love you. Yes, absolutely. No. And uh, you took listening to your episodes on the Smashing Idols podcast, re- Lost in Chaos, and part two is Supreme, or, sorry, part one was the Supreme Mass Reproductive Rights. And you talk about like this exact thing how it's such a miracle when a baby is conceived. So many different things have to be in alignment. And when you really see that, you know that God's choosing. And I think there's a story in the Bible about. Abraham and Sarah. And I feel like mm-hmm. I was trying to talk to you about this in a memo the other day, and I don't know it too well, but like they were trying to have a baby. And this is when people live like 500, 600 years, right. like, a long time. <laughs> pretty amazing. But they, I think she was, Sarah, Sarah was 90. Wow. Maybe Sarah was 80 and Abraham was 90. I can't believe I'm blanking on that, but they were oh, up there. You're right? so good at your biblical knowledge. <laughs> <Thank> um, you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, they were way up there, but they were trying to have a baby, but they couldn't have a baby. And so eventually Sarah told Abraham he could go have a baby with like one of their maids or something. Mm-hmm. And he did. And then right after that, Sarah gets pregnant. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you hear about stories too. Like I used to work at an adoption clinic and people would adopt babies because they couldn't get pregnant. And literally like so many times after adopting a baby, they'd get pregnant. Right. And just like all these situations where, God will choose like God is making us like it's so it's God who makes us pregnant like who has it happen even when G- think of Jesus coming through his immaculate conception like right. God works miracles and then you just start like I used to be I used to be pro-choice and totally not pro-life now and I um not just because I'm a Christian but yeah because I'm a Christian it's like you can't be a Christian <laughs> doing yoga and you can't be a Christian and be pro-choice like it's very clear that God says like 
be fruitful and multiply. And mm-hmm. that's the first uh, commandment in the entire yeah. Bible. Yeah. That's a pretty important <laughs> one. Right. Um, and I, you know, and I, it's a, it come, when it comes down to the government telling me what, what I can and can't do, I start getting like, you can't tell me, and it's not your decision, what women do. And there's so many like mm-hmm. programmings and thoughts around the whole thing. This isn't about that and the government telling us what to do. This is about my personal opinions that like, I'm with you, like what God stitched us together in the womb. And that's Psalms 139, 13 mm-hmm. through 14, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Um, uh, I mean, I can't read it without getting teary eyed. I mean, it just, and like the, the womb, we talked about this the other day, like how the womb is like the only portal that God uses to bring a soul that he created into the physical being. And only a woman can carry that. That is why she's called woman. She has the womb. Yes. Only she can do this. And I, I'm not being transphobic and, and, and I, I get angry with that word because they've redefined the word phobia Yeah, in the last two decades. It used to mean a fear of something and now it's a fear and a hatred. So something that that you don't understand, you hate it because you don't understand it. And that is not true in any way whatsoever. And, and it's like, they create these homophobic, transphobic, they create these words just like conspiracy theorists. Right, took right. the words out of my it, head. It's a trigger. It's <laughs> yep. a trigger to, in, yeah. to incite and shut someone down for their opposing, something that opposes whatever the popular agenda is. And it, it's infuriating. But like the, everything about creating a child, creating a baby, like everything about it is just miraculous. And I feel like it's, they're mocking it. So they tell you, well, we need to have abortion because abortion is a a reproductive right. No, let, what is a reproductive right? You have the right to reproduce. Once you are pregnant, you've practiced your right to reproduce. Yep. To destroy a life that's already created. That is not a reproductive right. And I will be, I used to be very, very pro-choice. And since going through fertility struggles and actually seeing the science behind how pregnancy even happens and how delicate it is, it's completely changed. Even before I became a Christian, it, it, it's completely changed how I look at this. And I feel like, like there's going to be situations where a termination of a pregnancy is maybe the best thing that you could do, but I feel like it's a faithless thing. You know, if you really are faithful in God, then you will trust that he created this life when he did for a reason, his plan, not ours. (laughs) And I said this to my husband the other day, and I'm using it in a different contrast in a, you know, context is don't be a Nimrod, like a Nimrod (laughs) (laughs) patient zero of the antichrist energy. We, we used to say that when I was kids, like, oh, you're such a Nimrod, like you're an idiot, you're a fool. But when I say it now, it's don't rebel against God. You yeah. can't rebel it's witchcraft. against- That's of witchcraft rebellion. Right. You're rebelling against God's will. So God willed you in that moment for whatever reason, whatever reason you chose to have sexual relations with a person in that moment, God said, okay, I'm opening up your womb now. Yeah. And it says in the Bible- that God will open and close wombs. 
He yeah. opened your room in that moment for whatever reason, and you're going to go and destroy his creation yeah. for selfish reasons. Yeah, exactly. And like and it, Stevie Nicks. Have you heard her oh, story? Yeah. But yeah. <sighs> yeah. That, like she, uh, she had to, she couldn't have a baby because she was doing too many drugs at the time. Mm-hmm. And like, it wouldn't, wouldn't have fit in with the band or something. She had to yeah, make that Fleetwood sacrifice. Mac, Fleetwood Mac would never have existed had she not oh, had wow. her abortion. Yeah. Oh, wow. We don't need Fleetwood Mac. No, I'd rather have don't. that life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and then these celebrities, they go around telling these stories, thinking that it empowers them and it empowers other women. And really all you're doing is just like you say, breadcrumbing yourself to hell. hell. Yeah. Literally. And, yeah. And it's, you can repent. Like I'm not, I'm not condemning someone who has made that choice in the past. Maybe you didn't know better. Maybe you really did fall for the lies of of men <laughs> telling you, you know, of society. men are all liars. Bible yeah. tells us. <laughs> yeah. Even just society, like you put your trust yeah. in man instead of putting your trust in God yeah. and you didn't know better and you can repent for it. And yeah, even the Catholic church in 2015, for the first time, they said that they would, um, like if you went to confession to confess an abortion, it's the first time ever that they would grant you like your repentance for it. And I was enraged by it at first, but then now I understand how repentance works and you don't need to go to a Catholic priest to be no, given, forgiven. No. Of we have our sin. father in heaven. There's no, yes. but it's, it's blasphemy that they actually make you call the preacher or whatever father. Think right. About it. Right. But this is one of my many issues with <laughs> Catholicism. Sorry, guys. <laughs> many, um, many religions. Yeah. Don't make Misty and I open that door right now. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that you're saying that like anybody who has had an abortion, like there's forgiveness there. Like God mm-hmm. will forgive us of everything. If we just, we ask for forgiveness, we see what we did was wrong. We repent, we turn away and we ask Jesus to deliver us from that with the Holy spirit. There you go. Just right there. You do that. You go through that process. Like I sinned in so many ways. It's crazy when I did my deliverance form, which I just did on my own. I don't believe in deliverance churches. It looks mm-hmm. like they're putting demons into people and they're making money off you. What's that preacher got? What have they been doing? What's their life like? Are they sinless? I'm going to use Jesus and the Holy Spirit because that's available for us. But when I did my deliverance form and I filled it out, because I just used an outline from Fire and Grace Ministries. Mm-hmm. Pastor Dean Odell has a deliverance from demons form, anybody who wants it. Um, and it just it guides you to think of all the different ways you may have sinned. And I was, it's like crazy the ways that we've all been sinning. This is why we needed Jesus. None of us could live by the, uh, not just the Old Testament laws, but the modern day society world, like where you love Harry Potter, but you don't, or Dungeons and Dragons or whatever it is. And you don't think about the spells you're casting as you play these games and think this is innocent, but you're evoking demons or you're doing yoga and you're evoking demons. It's just crazy the ways. So there's forgiveness and everything, but you do need to repent and you do need to feel remorse for it and see that it was wrong. But yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the only sin that's not forgivable is knowing that you can repent and you choose not to repent. Another night.